slides out of the backfield. Branches steps on. Trying to throw. Will stay on his feet. Some nifty moves. How about this run from Granger? He'll have a first down at the sixth occurrence. Quick shot. Left side. There's Malachi Coyne. First guy misses. Second guy misses. Across the 50. Flag in the play. He's free. Bye-bye. Welcome into episode 26 of the G5 Hive, where we aim to bring you all the honey in G5 college football. I am your host, Justice Blimp, joined by my co-host, Luke. How are you doing tonight, Luke? Pretty good, if I sound out of breath. Just heard my dog, making all sorts of new puppy-ish, making all sorts of commotion up there. I'm like, what the heck is going on? I've got, <laughs> there's just, it looks like a tornado up there. I'm like, all right, you're going in your kennel. I'm going to sort this stuff out later. <laughs> I don't have time to go through all this. Puppies and kids, man. Puppies and oh. kids. It's always never a dull moment. No, no, not at all. How about you? How are things? Things are going good. Uh, you know, the family was home uh, all day. No school. Uh, yes. President's Day. So that was a little different on a Monday. But, uh, yeah, everything's going good. I, I went and saw the doctor today about my Achilles. He said I can come out of the boot, but I have to go to physical therapy for three more weeks. So, gotcha. Good news, not, not the so worst good case. News. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I was happy. At least I don't have to wear the boot or boot around. I've been I've been in the boot for almost a month now. I guess. All right. Uh, so tonight we are going to finish up our talk about the Mountain West. Uh, we covered the. I don't know, was it seven teams, I think, last week? We got yep. seven more to do this week. Um, but before we get into that, we do have some news and notes to share. Um, this past week, I, sh I shared something with uh, Luke that I wanted to read to everybody. I just thought it was kind of cool. Uh, it was a Valentine's Day poem um, about uh, Ashton Jinty. Um, so it came out, I guess, last, was it Wednesday? And it says, uh, hello, Bronco Nation, as we will be making a huge push for Ashton Jainty and his Heisman campaign this upcoming year. Here's a fun little poem in honor of Valentine's Day. Roses are red, violets are blue. Jainty is a beast. There's only one number two. 2023, Ashton ran for 1,347 yards while hurtling guys on the blue, crossing the end zone 14 times and also catching some sweet dimes. Heisman 2024 is in his reach, but of course with Bronco Nation, we must all preach. Ashton JT is a complete sensation. Roses are red, violets are blue. Bronco Nation, we bleed blue. I mean, perfect time for Valentine's Day. Yeah, it, it was great. I mean, the, the, the I mean, to me, I, I like the, the first one's best, but you know. You know, Ashton Jainty is, is a beast. Uh, running back one and CFF, we, we talked about it last week. Not sure. I mean, I guess you can make an argument for Ollie Gordon, but I don't know. I don't know that I see anyone else um, in that conversation besides them two. And personally, for me, it's, it's Jainty given the given his receiving work. Um, I haven't looked at Jared's other mocks to see who was one one. Uh, I know in the one that we did. JT was the one one, and Ollie Gordon was with a one two. I would expect that's kind of you know they might flip, but those are probably the top two guys in most most drafts at this point. Yeah, I would assume it's going to be Genty. Um, 
Yeah, I can't blame if if it is Ollie Ollie Gordon, but uh, anyways, yeah, it, I can't wait for all of the Heisman talk. Can really hope that Ashton gets uh, a bigger workload, um, but also they're going to be in that running for the G five top team, and you definitely want your guys uh, healthy there for the end of the season. So I could see some quote-unquote load management at, at some of these games that they might, uh, especially given how much they've added to their team, um, might get a little bit of rest here maybe halfway through the third quarter or so. Yeah, definitely possible. Speaking about Boise State, uh, we covered Boise State last week, um, but want to share some more coaching news with Boise State. Um Head coach Spencer Danielson is considering pushing spring practice back um, a week or so to ensure he has ample time to make the best decision on who should be the Broncos' new offensive coordinator um, as their old offensive coordinator went to be the OC at Kentucky. Um, Some of the things he is looking for, um, he wants an explosive attacking offense and someone that has shown to be a true QB developer. The particular article that I read, the only candidates that I mentioned were internal candidates mentioned by uh, Spencer Danielson, and that was Matt Miller, uh, the wide receiver coach. He was the offensive coordinator at Montana State in 2018 and 2019. And Nate Potter, who was the running back and tight end coach, but this year he was the co-OC. Some other names that I've heard in speculation uh, Eric Kiesau, he is an offensive analyst at Florida. He was at Boise for four years from, 19, from 2017 to 2020 in a variety of roles, including offensive coordinator. Uh, Lee Marks, the running back coach at Washington the last two seasons. He was a Boise running back and special teams coach from 2014 to 2018. And uh, this was probably like, you know, kind of out there, but, you know, I figure I'd mention it. Rudy Carlton, he's currently a high school coach. He coached at Azusa Pacific with Danielson, um, where he was the OC for 10 seasons. And he was also the coach at uh, West Florida Division II when Austin Reed was there, uh, before Austin Reed went to Western Kentucky. Another piece of news, uh, I I didn't put it in the show sheet, but I didn't see if it was final or not, but Georgia State, was expected to make their interim head football coach uh, named, and that was going to be their strength and conditioning coach, Mike. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was it Sir Seringano? I don't, I don't remember, but yes, they did name him the interim coach, and then they also, <clears throat> they also, um, basically indefinitely postponed spring practice, <laughs> which. Um, I've got a couple thoughts around that. Having your strength and conditioning coach, like what better person in the, in these circumstances that they're in, he's been with them all off season so far. Um, you know, being able to do those things that head coaches can't, he sets the tone in the weight room. He knows, you know, who's there to work, who's not. And typically, not all the time, but a lot of times, like those strength and conditioning coaches are kind of like how your team responds or how they are built on the football field, whether they're soft, whether they're hard hitting, what you know, whatever it is. It's, I feel like the strength and conditioning coach has a lot to do with that. So I think, given the circumstances that Georgia State is in, I feel like if he ends up having to coach. Um, during the season, I think that's good, but I think he'll be more of a CEO head coach than actually like X's and O's. But yeah, I think that's good if, if he gets named the permanent head coach. Um, before we get to some more spring practice stuff, one other interesting tidbit that I saw this past week um, Louisiana quarterback Zion Chris, formerly of Louisiana, and now he's at Houston. Um, and, you know, obviously in Louisiana, he was in the G5. He was the only FBS quarterback with the completion of 60 or more air yards this past season. So 
just thought that was interesting. Pretty cool for the G5. Um, obviously, now he's he's moved on to bigger and better things in the uh, in the Big 12 with Houston, and uh, be interesting. It'll be an interesting battle between him and Donovan Smith, I think, right, to see who's going who's gonna to be the quarterback of that team. Yeah, Donovan Smith definitely had his ups and downs this last year, and we'll see how that goes. But just like with many G5 teams, poaching players or getting players poached, um, as it all becomes too much, we, we will probably talk about that in another in the podcast at some point. Yeah. Uh, so some spring, spring practice stuff. Uh, Hawaii, um, matter of fact, their spring game is coming up on February 22nd. Their practices started uh, January 29th. They are the they seem to be always be the first and the earliest every season. Uh, Liberty spring practice started February 9th. Their spring game is slated for March 2nd. Air Force started spring practice uh, just last week, February 12th, with a March 12th game. And then Appalachian State, their practice also started February 12th. But as we mentioned last week, they do not or they will not have a, quote, spring game um, this year for Appalachian State. And kind of moving forward, as uh, we get to the weeks where teams are going to start practice, uh, we'll, we'll mention that. All right, uh, so as I mentioned earlier, last week we kind of covered the top seven teams in the Mountain West. Tonight we're going to cover the rest of the teams in the Mountain West as well as the the two teams kind of in no man's land, so to speak, um, the Pac-2. Uh, we we kind of lumped those teams in here with the Mountain West because they're not they're not really they're, – they're not Power 5 anymore. Matter of fact, they it's are. not even called the Power 5. It's the P4, right? So – I don't know. Uh, there's been some conversation. I don't. Did you see two weeks ago? There's a vote on the the playoffs and how it was going to be the six. Was it six v six or the five v seven for who gets the uh, playoffs berths? Did you see this? I didn't, but I know that they passed a rule that says you have to have I thought eight teams to be able to have an automatic bid. So that kind of excludes those two teams from an automatic so, bid. So I don't know if there was something else to it, but I feel like there was uh, a deal where Washington, to change the format, to take away the automatic bids, um, they had to have a, a unanimous vote, and Washington State was the team that said no to it. So there is a chance that well they... yeah but I, I think I think you're right but for the for the vote to um, say they only have to have they have to have eight conference members I don't think that had to be unanimous I think that um, that just had to be a majority because when it comes to bowl season all of the former pac 12 teams are still considered pac 12 teams. So there is a chance that you have like a USC versus Iowa. Granted, it's not going to be in the Rose Bowl because that'll be a playoff game. Huh. But those two teams could play in a bowl game because all of the former Pac-12 teams are going to be considered Pac-12. So there's a chance no, that some Big that. Tens. So yeah, that was something that happened two weeks ago, a week ago, something like that. But yeah, I still don't. I still don't really know about the the automatic berth. Yeah, I haven't really figured that out, but um, I did hear that or read that. So I'll try to figure out more on that uh, before our next show. But that was that was something interesting. All right, so we'll dive right into it. Uh, our first team up this week is the San Diego State Aztecs. All right, coaching changes out is head coach Brady Hoke or Hokey uh, to be determined where he's going. OC Ryan Lindley out. He is now the senior offensive analyst for the team, so he's out, but he's there. Uh, DC uh, Kurt Maddox to be determined. He still lives in San Diego, and it says that he's the DC on Twitter, 
but they did hire a new DC, so maybe the guy just doesn't update his Twitter. Uh, that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, so that's probably the the likely choice there. Yeah. So in comes head coach Sean Lewis, last the OC QB coach uh, for Colorado, and the head coach at Kent State from 2018 to 2022. New DC is Eric Schmidt. He will also coach the linebackers as well. He spent the last two seasons at the University of Washington as a special teams coordinator and coach of the edge players. Uh, what does Sean Lewis mean for San Diego State? Well, I think it means a lot of really good things when it comes to uh, the offense art- fantasy. <laughs> yep, offense fantasy. You want wide receiver one. So I went and uh, I dug into what this team is going to look like. So the I looked at Sean Lewis's stats for 2018 to 22 when he was the head coach at Kent State. Points per game, he averages 32.86. Pass to run, 30.4 passes per game to 44.3 rushes per game. Guy likes to run the ball. Even though he does pass the ball uh, a little bit less than running, his wide receivers... His wide receiver ones are averaging 55 receptions a year for 803 yards, seven touchdowns in a PPR league. That is good for 17.67 points per game uh, because games-wise, their wide receiver ones usually average 10 to 11 games a year. So getting 17, 18 points per game out of your wide receiver one, not bad. Quarterback-wise, quarterback one, or I guess the quarterback, averages 24.6 points per game in a six-point passing touchdown league. His quarterbacks average 528.4 rushing yards a year and seven touchdowns. So that is good in itself. And then the RB1, like I said, they like to run the ball on average 44 times um, a game. He's going to have a split. His RB1 is going to get roughly 60% of the workload. The RB2 is going to get roughly 30%, and then you'll have a smattering of guys eating up the last 10%. And of those guys, uh, you're going to get close to 18 opportunities a game from your RB1, and that'll get you right around 16 points per game. So not a lot of usage in the receiving game. They do average a half to one reception a game not a lot um so it's just mainly going to be running the ball but if you give me 18 opportunities a game i'm feeling pretty good and i don't think anybody in this offense is on a lot of people's radar but what guys i mean i gave you a lot of stats but what does that really mean Justice, who's leaving? Who's coming? Who can we put to these numbers? So at quarterback, they lose uh, Jalen Maiden, who is out of eligibility. Wide receiver Raphael Williams Jr. is off to Pittsburgh. Wide receiver Breon Penny is uh, in the portal with no destination as of yet. Uh, tight end Mark Redman is off to Louisville. And they lose their top two offensive linemen in terms of snaps from a season ago. But don't fear, they got plenty of help coming in through the portal. Uh, they're bringing in quarterback A.J. Duffy coming over from Florida State. Wide receiver Jerry McClure coming from UCLA. Wide receiver Lewis Brown IV, Colorado State. Uh, wide receiver Ja'Shawn Polk from West Virginia, who was at Kent State when uh, Sean Lewis was the head coach there. Uh, wide receiver Nate Bennett coming over from FCS Portland State. Tight ends, Michael Harrison coming from Colorado and Jude Wolf coming from USC. Um, based on who is returning at quarterback, I got to, you know, and bringing in A.J. Duffy, got to believe A.J. Duffy is going to be QB1 for San Diego State. Um, you know, to, to start the season at least. He's, he's going to get the first crack, I got to believe, right? Um 
I don't know who else they had a um, they had a kid there, and it's a it's his, he's got three names. He was he was thought of uh, he was a highly thought of freshman, um, but Sean Lewis doesn't really have any ties to him. Sean Lewis, you know, obviously recruited AJ Duffy. Got to believe AJ Duffy's going to at least get the first crack at being the man for quarterback, um, running back. So Luke and I were talking before the show. It's kind of two running backs. There was, you know, two running backs kind of fit the mold, and they were the top two running backs last year. Um, but they might flip uh, based, you know, just if we were strictly to look at the um, the height and weight of Lewis's RB1 and RB2. Um, so a season ago, Jalen Armstead was their leading rusher, and Keenan Kristen was their second leading rusher. So I guess you could make the argument Armstead was RB1, Kristen was RB2. If uh, if we want to follow the, the kind of height-weight scenarios that Lewis has seemed to uh, favor with his running backs, it would seem that they, they, those two are going to flip uh, with Kristen potentially being the RB1 and Jalen Armstead being the RB2. Armstead is the bigger of the two. Uh, Kristen is the smaller. I think Armstead's 215 pounds. Kristen's around 190. Um, wide receivers, like I said, they they, they bring in uh, quite a bit there. Um, the leading returning receiver is Makai Shaw, who caught 27 balls on 41 targets for 375 yards and two touchdowns. But my personal opinion, and, and uh, again, Luke and I talking beforehand, uh, Lewis Brown the fourth, I think, will be the wide receiver one in this offense for uh, Sean Lewis. Um, one thing I don't really remember and is um, he was never really a big tight end guy, right? Is that right, Luke? Right. Yeah. There's not a lot going on tight end, tight end wise. So that is something that is interesting. Yeah, because he brought um, in Harrison, it, and Harrison was yeah. kind of a hybrid. Harrison, which makes him think he's going to be one of those guys he's going to be that a receiver outside. He'll receiver. be a receiver, but probably has eligibility in as a the tight end. end. It's a good point because he wasn't really, you know, he was definitely in Colorado. He wasn't a blocking tight end, right? He was, you know, tall, skinny guy. He's, uh, you, know, you know, definitely receiving options. So that, that's a that's an excellent point, Luke. That he could be uh, a tight end and title only. Um, as our as our friend Eric Froton Eric refers Froton. to him as <laughs> Tito. Um, yeah, he's a T he could definitely be a Tito this coming year. Um matter of fact, let's see what he's I was gonna look to see what he's listed as because fan tracks will Ooh. go with whatever the school has them listed as. Uh, that's what I'm looking right now. So looks like he's not enrolled yet. Mm, he's not okay. he, He's not on their roster currently. Um, and this I mean, is he their... was a pretty he was a pretty early uh, transfer, so maybe there's something going on with uh, semesters, possibly. Or yeah, I don't know. Um, like I said, and I, I just just searched I just searched their their um, roster, and Harrison doesn't come up. So Jude Wolf, the other the other transfer, is listed as a tight end. Um, but yeah, Harrison is not on their roster yet. So you know, like I said, maybe he's gonna finish finishing out the year at uh, Colorado before he comes over. So definitely something to kind of pay attention to for for fantasy purposes. All right, uh, next up, San Jose State. All right, San Jose State coaching changes out goes Brent Brennan. He now is the head coach over at Arizona. OC Kevin McGiven, uh, he is now the wide receiver and passing game coordinator for the team. So while he is out, he's not actually out, just moving to a different role. In comes head coach. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this last name, but Kevin New Ken. What did I say, Kevin? Kevin Ken Ken longtime Navy head coach. Uh, great guy by all all accounts from 2007 to 2022. Comes in at UCLA in 2023 as a director of leadership. Uh, sounds like uh, you know guys at Navy 
uh, loved him. Uh, heard, heard reports even at UCLA in 2023 that he had guys from old Navy teams together for Christmas and, and whatnot. Um, but also, he also said he's not going to be bringing that Navy midshipman type offense uh, to San Jose State. So no triple option or anything. So leads me to believe that the uh, brains behind the offense will be of the OC Craig Sutzman, who's the inventor of the spread and shred offense, which he used in 2023 as a wide receiver and passing game coordinator at Texas state, Texas state wise. um, Last year, they averaged 36.7 points per game passing at 33 times a game, rushing at 40.7. So while he uh, does have this spread and shred offense, they ran the ball more uh, than they did throw the ball. Granted, TJ Finley ran the ball quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, I would assume that is what we're going to get here with San Jose State. Probably a lot more throwing, throwing the ball. Who is leaving and who's coming? So, uh, unfortunately for San Jose State, quarterback Chevin Cordero is out of eligibility. Um, he, he was someone I always liked in fantasy. I had him had him in several leagues. Uh, running back Kyrie Robinson is also out of eligibility. Running back Quali Conley uh, entered the portal and followed the head coach over to Arizona. Wide receiver Charles Ross left and went to Ohio. Tight end Dominic Maziotti uh, left and went to UMass. And they also lose their top four offensive linemen. They do bring some help in through the portal. Uh, They got quarterback Emmett Brown coming over from Washington State. Running back Floyd Chalk IV from Grambling State. And wide receiver Treshawn Hurry coming over from Weber State. Uh, Returning at quarterback is Jay Butterfield. Uh, formerly of Oregon. Um, so uh, my guess is going to be a battle between Butterfield and Emmett Brown to kind of see who's going to lead this offense. Um, you can't glean too much from their stats from last year. Uh, Jay Butterfield was seven for 11 for 80 yards and a touchdown. Emmett Brown was two for four for 14 yards. Uh, let's see. Either I don't have any rushing stats. Uh Jay Butterfield had two rushes for negative two yards, but Emmett Brown didn't have any last year at Washington State. Uh, the running back room with losing Conley and Robinson uh, definitely is wide open. Um, in addition to Floyd Chalk the fourth coming in, um, they still have uh, freshman Jabari Bates and freshman Caden Collins returning who did log some stats last year. Uh, Floyd Chalk at Grambling State had 696 yards uh, for nine touchdowns on 123 attempts. Um, just so just based on experience, you would think maybe he has an edge, but, uh, you know, he, he is making a step up from, from the FCS. Uh, looking at receiver, their leading receiver does return in Nick Nash. 81, 48 catches on 81 targets, 728 yards, and eight touchdowns last year. He uh, he does return. And then, as I mentioned, uh, Treshawn Hurry, who's coming coming in from Weber State uh, last year as a freshman, had 29 catches for 384 yards and one touchdown. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam Hol- Olson also returns at, uh, at tight end. Uh, last season, he had 22 catches, 35 yard, 35 on 35 targets for 310 yards and three touchdowns. Who was their wide receiver? Uh, I think he was getting hyped up pretty, pretty big this last year. That he was hurt most of the year. Justin, uh, is that sound Lockhart? Lockhart? Uh, Lockhart, yes, yeah. He would probably be back, right? Um, because well, that's a good question. I don't, I, I, yeah, I mean, he didn't have, he didn't have any. He didn't have any production, but yeah. So that um, let's see if I can find an, their roster real quick. That's a name uh, that I guess I would be keeping an eye on because yeah, he was supposed to do great things. I think he maybe had a hand injury or or something. Yeah, that something with his arm. 
or maybe his shoulder. I can't remember, but yeah. But yeah, they don't have their 2024 roster up yet. It looks like that'd be a name. I think I would, you know, have an eye on, uh, assuming I would assume he, he has a red shirt. Um, but well, if anything, he has at least has a medical red shirt, right? I mean, yep. um, just searching Twitter real quick to see if there's anything new about Justin Lockhart, but I don't, I don't, nothing's coming up really fast. So that's a good call. That's a good call. I think a lot of people probably forgot about Justin Lockhart. Um, definitely be looking for him to see. Well, here we go. I found something. So it looks like he was signed by their NIL. Okay. Um, and he posted something January 30th about proud to be a blue and gold NIL athlete. So yeah, okay. it looks like he will be back um, with, with uh, at San Jose state. So that's a good call, Luke. A lot of people have probably forgotten about Justin Lockhart. Yeah. Cause um, definitely one of those guys that you could fall through the crack. Cause he was, I think a senior this last year. Um, so yeah, no production. So I think an, an easy guy for people to forget, but I think, Absolutely. Yeah, come back and tear stuff up based on, you know, we'll see who the quarterback ends up being. Uh, UNLV Rebels. This one's pretty easy. I like these ones. Coaching changes none. Barry Odom and the crew are trying to run it back here for uh, year two. Let's see how this one goes. Who do we got uh, leaving and coming for this year? So they lose quarterback Jaden Maivia. Uh, he is off to USC. To Georgia, uh, to USC. To back Georgia. To Georgia. I don't know. I don't know where he's going. Yeah, that was that was quite the off-season spectacle, I guess. Watching. Yeah, that. and and um, who was it? Uh, was it DJU's dad? Was kind of like acting like his agent or, or something? Is, is that, am I, am I remember, remembering I, that? I don't correctly? know, but it wouldn't surprise me because I feel like. He, his dad is representing a lot of people. Um, running back Courtney Reese is off to Bethune Cookman and running back Vincent Davis is out of eligibility. They bring out, they bring in a lot of help on the offensive side. Uh, they're bringing quarterback Matt Sluka over from Holy Cross quarterback Haji Malik Williams from Campbell running back Michael Allen from NC state running back Christian Moore from Kansas State, running back Kylan James from Central Arkansas, and wide receiver Casey Kane from Texas. So in addition to uh, Saluka and Haji Malik Williams coming in, uh, Doug Brumfield is still there at quarterback. Uh, but I got to believe, like, they, they brought these two guys in. It's going to be one of these two guys, I, I think, my gut tells me it's going to be uh, Matt Saluka. Um, Saluka last season was 122 for 190, uh, 197 attempts, 122 completions, 1,723 yards, 20 touchdowns, and uh, five interceptions. Are you ready for this? This way he did on the ground. Yep. 186 attempts, 1,243 yards rushing for nine touchdowns. I think you know he's going to give them that uh, that ground game edge. That, and so I, I think he's I think he was brought in to be the starter. Obviously, it's going to be a competition. I, I don't I don't doubt that, uh, but I just feel like he was he he he's the one. I think, or maybe maybe I want to I want him to be the one, right? Yeah. Um, you know, from I'll, I'll get all get all those rushing stats. Now, Haji Malik Williams, you know, had a, had a great season as well. Uh, 222 completions, 318 attempts, 2,448 yards, 18 passing touchdowns, eight interceptions on the ground, 86 attempts, 249 yards and five touchdowns. So he also, you know, they, they both offer some rushing upside. Obviously, Saluka's upside is based on last year's statistics anyway, is, is a lot, lot higher. Um, running back, uh, they do return freshman Jaden Thomas, who uh, led them last season with 12 touchdowns. He was second in yards with 503 yards on 108 attempts. 
Um, but this just kind of, and to me, it looks like a mess at running back. They got Thomas returning. They brought in, you know, the, the three transfers um, and Michael Allen, Christian Moore, and Kylan James. So for me personally, I'm probably staying away from the backfield from a fantasy perspective. Um, I, I definitely like, uh, there's a lot I liked about Michael Allen coming out of high school. Um, so. I mean, just um, from a recruiting glad... standpoint, right? He has to be the he has to be the the highest one. But you know, will will that will will he get featured here at UNLV? I just I don't know. Last year they rotated a lot. Other than other than Jaden Thomas getting the you know he was kind of the goal line guy, which is kind of odd because he's not very big, but for whatever reason he was kind of the guy at the goal line. Um. They do return their top two receivers and Ricky White uh, and Jacob DeJesus. Ricky White had 88 catches on 135 targets for 1,483 yards and eight touchdowns. Jacob DeJesus had 60 catches on 80 targets for 606 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, One thing I did want to mention about incoming transfer Kylan James, he caught the ball a lot. Uh, last season, he had 48 catches, 426 yards, and four touchdowns for Central Arkansas. So maybe that's kind of a role he's going to carve out for himself um, on this offense, kind of be the, the pass catching guy. I mean, are we sure that Ricky White is coming back? I mean, rumors are he's being courted by Notre Dame, but his dad says definitely not happening. Yeah, so. I mean. We'll we'll see how the how the it, spring window goes. And until until something official is out there, like we gotta assume he's coming back for now, right? That, that's that's all we can do. Um, offensive line, they should be in okay shape. They do lose two of their um, top offensive linemen in terms of snaps. The, the guys that are number two and number three, uh, you know, so they gotta replace those two guys. But overall, I think the offensive line. Um, should be okay, and uh, to me, like the the biggest thing I think I'm watching is who's going to be that, who's going to win that quarterback job, because you're gonna you're gonna get them like for free in drafts. I feel like, yep, and, and it could pay could potentially pay off huge dividends for sure. All right, uh, moving on to Utah State. All right, Utah State, uh, D.C., coaching change. Joe, is it Cathoon, uh, fired, and in comes Nate Drelling. Uh, he was the New Mexico State, D.C., in 2022 and 2023. That's pretty much the only changes. So from an offensive standpoint, um, Utah State likes to spread the ball out, throw the ball. Uh, they were uh, – Great for fantasy, but those uh, it was Royals and why am I blinking on the other other name that um, was on the outsider? Justice, who's that? Royals and who else? Uh, Terrell Vaughn. Terrell Vaughn. That they're big, big for this Utah State team, and Royals comes back, um, and. I'm really excited to see how Utah State builds on last year. Uh, It seemed like a different team year or like the second half of the season compared to the first half of the season. Uh, Games in that second half of the season, it was just like, hey, we know we can throw the ball a lot. And it was a lot of just fast three and outs that then the second half, they like really got clicking. Um, So we'll see if they can put it together for two halves this year. But, Justice, let me know who is leaving and who's coming in. So they they, they do lose uh, quarterback Levi Williams, who is not out of eligibility, um, but he is leaving. Uh, we talked about this at the end oh, yeah. of last season. Um, he wants to be a Navy SEAL, right? Um, yep. I think it's was it what it was. He yep. wants to be a Navy SEAL. So, so good on Levi Williams. Um, the aforementioned uh, wide receiver Terrell Vaughn is out of eligibility. They lose six offensive linemen, four of their top seven guys in terms of snaps, but their top three guys do return. So, you know, not not too concerned, but, you know, they, they do have some replacements they have to do uh, 
for uh, along their offensive line. Um, who is coming in? They bring in two quarterbacks from the Power Five. Uh, Bryson Barnes, aka the Pig Farmer, is coming over from Utah, and then uh, someone near and dear to Luke's heart. I don't Spencer, know about that. <laughs> Spencer Petrus is coming over from Iowa. Um, I don't. The, the, these just these seem odd to me, and and the reason why they seem odd is you know they return. Cooper Lagos returns, McKay Hillstead returns. Like I can see bringing Petrus in. That kind of makes some sense because um, I don't think he's I don't think he's being brought in to be a starter. I think he no. is being brought in for depth. Um, but Bryson Barnes did pretty good things there for Utah this year. Yeah, so that's that the one that interesting. That's the one that that kind of surprised me a little bit because it was also it was later too. It was later in the portal when you know he got when he came in. They had already had uh, Petrus at that point. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting QB battle, I think between Barnes, Cooper Lagasse and McKay Hillstead to kind of see who, uh, gets the reins to this Utah state offense. Well, and that doesn't, year. and it's crazy. Cause you got Lagasse, uh, this will be his last year, right? Yes. So you got Lagasse in his last year. You've got Hillstead in his second year. Hillstead arguably played better at times than Lagos, and then at the end of the season, Lagos kind of played better than Hillstead, and they kind of flip-flop going back and forth uh, in games sometimes. And then Bryson Barnes did pretty well at a Power 5 team, and then he comes in. Our, like I could see him winning the job. I feel like it's a lot to put on a a guy coming in with not any experience in that uh, offense with that playbook. Cause I think there's something to be said about, you know, when you come in figuring out where your classes are, when, where do you got to eat getting from place to place? Uh, I don't know how big Utah state's uh, campus is, but I do think there's something about that. Obviously strength and conditioning. I don't, won't be much different from what he's used to, but not knowing the terminology and all that stuff, I think it will be hard. So maybe it's a, a play for two years. Like, Hey, you come in, maybe you're more, you know, battling for that backup position. And if you play good enough or, you know, anybody stinks it up, you might get in there, but kind of a, a future play maybe. It's hard to know in the, yeah. this day and the age of, of NIL and this and that. So who knows if any of those guys are still there, but it's feasible. They um, Utah State does return their top three running back options. Uh, Davin Booth, their leading rusher, uh, 805 yards, six touchdowns last year. Rasul, Rasul Faison, uh, 736 yards, five touchdowns last season, and Robert Briggs Jr., 420 yards and two touchdowns last season. Looking at their receivers, um, I think last year kind of kind of told us who was going to probably step into that Terrell Vaughn role, and uh, I got to believe that's going to be Micah Davis. Uh, Micah Davis was their third leading receiver last year. Uh, on caught 36 balls on 59 targets for 628 yards and six touchdowns. Um, Who's going to step into his role? Uh, Colby Bowman returns. Brock Lane, Otto Tia. Um, Brock Lane is a tight end, so probably not him. So I guess maybe Bowman or Otto Tia possibly could uh, kind of be that third receiver for Utah State. But I, I feel pretty comfortable in saying, obviously, Jalen Royals is wide receiver one, um, but Micah Davis will kind of be that wide receiver two still very valuable for fantasy purposes in this offense. All right. Last ish team for the last, last true mountain West team. (laughs) Um, Out is Craig bull. He retires. Uh, He, he just accepted a position. Um, I don't know. It's like the ambassador of the NCAA or, or something like that, which I think is a good role for him. Um, but something I think we talked about last year where it was kind of odd of the timing. 
Uh, probably one of those things that the team knew before the end of the year that they just didn't talk about because they made the hire pretty quick. It wasn't like uh, in what I would say like a due diligence of, oh, we're going to scour the, the nation for yeah, the best it was, it was coaches. Was, if I remember right, it was like either within two days or like a couple hours. It was like somewhere. Well, I, in the, I thought it was like the same day, like later that same day. <laughs> It might have been. So new head coach, Jay Savelle, he was the D.C. Uh, since 2020. Before that, he was the D.C. at Wake Forest in 2017 and 2018. So that means you got a defensive-minded head coach. Play calling, that's probably what we're going to see, is from Jay Johnson. He is the new O.C. He was a 2021 Broyles Award nominee. At Michigan State, he was the OC from 2020 to 2023. And D.C., uh, Aaron Bull, the linebacker coach since 2020, and he's been a grad assistant since 2017. And, yes, he is the son of Craig Bull, uh, retired head coach. So he's been there for a while. So what does that mean for Jay Johnson and the OC coming to Wyoming? Wyoming, historically – uh, there in uh, Laramie has been a run-heavy team. Uh, but his points per game at Michigan State over the last four years averages 22.5 points. So not anything too exciting. Um, passing attempts are 32.8 to rush attempts 32.9, so he's definitely a 50-50 type guy. The wide receiver ones in his offenses, from a fantasy standpoint, definitely not something you want to be part of. They average 13.75 points, wide receiver two, 13.04 points. Um, they're going to get you wide receiver one, 48 receptions, 700 yards, five to six touchdowns wide receiver two be 37 receptions 550 yards and four to five touchdowns so nothing crazy uh, at michigan state he's had a couple of quarterbacks in 2020 he had two quarterbacks that split some time between ricky or rocky lombardi and peyton thorne and then Kaden hauser this last year noah kim split some time but if you were to Put those all together as one quarterback. The quarterbacks average just about 2,500 yards passing, 17 touchdowns, 11 INTs, 90 yards rushing, two touchdowns. So that is good for 15.7 points per game um, in a six-point passing touchdown league. Again, not something you kind of want a piece of. Um, But then from a running standpoint, we talked about how – they're pretty split 50-50. Well, the RB1 will get about 60% of that workload, while 20-ish percent is going to come back from the wider, or the running back two. And then the rest of that 18 that's left is going to get split up against a smattering of, of guys. But um, RB1 is going to average 16 to 17 opportunities a game, while the RB2 is going to average – seven to eight. So you definitely want that RB one in the regards of opportunity. Cause if you can get 20 opportunities a game, again, that's, that's something you want to see, but we're in that 15 to 17 range here. That's going to get you about 13 to 15, 16 points per game. So nothing outlandish, but again, running back, typically you want that in, in, uh, Wyoming, nothing really changes there. Um, yeah, running uh, reception-wise, they'll get about one to two receptions a game and about 800 to 850 rushing yards for the season. So that's about all I got there for uh, what we need to know about the new OC, Jay Johnson. All right, uh, player uh, personnel-wise, they lose quarterback Andrew Peasley. He's out of eligibility. Running back DQ James is in the portal. Uh, wide receiver, their leading wide receiver, Wyatt Wyland, is out of eligibility. 
their top tight end, Trayton Welch, is out of eligibility. Uh, who's coming in? Uh, the only one, of, I think, of any kind of note would be wide receiver Tyler King coming over from uh, Texas Tech. Tyler King was someone I think a lot of people liked as a freshman, thought maybe he could do something there at Texas Tech, but never materialized, and uh, now he's over at Wyoming. Um, I mean, I think basically, like like Luke said, it's going to be basically more of the same with a little bit better of a passing game, right? I mean, you know, play good defense, run the ball. Um, they do return quarterback Evan Svoboda, uh, much more of a passer or, or, you know, a better passer, I should say, than Andrew Peasley. Uh, he did play in nine games last year. Uh, 23 completions on 38 attempts, a 60 and a half completion percentage, 200 yards, uh, no touchdowns, one interception. Uh, he returns. He does not add really anything uh, in the uh, – doesn't add much in the running game. He did have 25 uh, attempts uh, for 80 yards and two touchdowns, so there's not like a complete zero there. Um, well, that's but, pretty – that's pretty – Standard, I guess, with a quarterback in in a uh, Jay Johnson type offense, so that that adds up. Uh, running backs, they return their leading running back uh, Harrison Whaley, who had 164 attempts, 947 yards, and five touchdowns last year. He did miss a few games due to injury. Um, they also returned Sam Scott and Jamari Farrell. And I was try you when you were talking about the coaches stuff. I was trying to find out if Dewyan McNeely is returning. Um, he got hurt preseason, um, and I did not find. And you know, he hasn't posted anything on Twitter in quite some time. Um, so I'm not sure if he is returning or not. Uh, but that could be someone to kind of keep an eye on. And I have I didn't look. I don't know if you have a chance, Luke. If you could look and see if they have had if they have a um, twenty twenty four roster yet. Um, moving on to the receivers, like I said, they lose Wyatt Wyland, their leading receiver. Last season, he was uh, he had forty four catches on sixty three targets, four hundred eighty eight, four hundred eighty yards, and five touchdowns. They do return a year Asante, their second leading receiver. Last season, uh, 21 catches on 41 targets, 372 yards and six touchdowns. And they also returned tight end John Michael Gillenborg, who had uh, 23 catches, 360 yards, and three touchdowns. Again, like like Luke said, you're not really looking um, necessarily at the receivers here. But um, traditionally, you know, their tight ends have produced um, for Wyoming, so that might be a position – uh, where you where you might look at to, in their passing game, and that would be John Michael Gillenborg. Um, offensive line, they only lose one offensive lineman, so nothing really uh, really too concerning there from that standpoint. Harrison Whaley's yeah. the, I think you know he's the the shining star of the offense. If you're looking for a piece of the Wyoming offense, that that that's that's your guy, Harrison Whaley. Didn't he tear it up against Texas too? Didn't he have a pretty good game? I think that was before he got hurt there. Yeah, I think so. He missed um he missed like two or three games in the middle of the year. Yep, yeah, he did. I do not see a updated roster. Yeah, there it looks like twenty twenty three. Nope. And uh who I, was I, it I that you said you were curious about? It was Dewine McNeely. McNeely, okay. If he was um Returning or not. I was going to search Twitter real quick to see if I could see anything. And I'm trying to remember what his injury was, but I don't know. Um, well, well, he, well, he graduated, so. Yeah, it's probably done. He did graduate with a degree in American studies, so I, I suppose. I mean, he, but he could have, he could have, he'd have, he would, 
still technically at least have a medical redshirt year, so that doesn't mean he can't return. But right. um, just gonna have did, to be he, like he did graduate. Uh, just gonna have to be like Matt Liner and do like dancing for his <laughs> class or whatever ballroom dancing, whatever he did back in 2007 or not 2007, but around that time, 2005. I don't know. It was a while ago. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up for our uh, Mountain West uh, originals, OGs, I guess. Uh, Oregon State, we decided to add, as well as Washington State, just so we could have them covered. So coaching changes out goes Jonathan Smith. He becomes the Michigan State head coach. He also takes his OC, Brian Lindgren, um, and in comes head coach Trent Bray. He was Oregon State DC, so he's been there since 2018. He was also the interim head coach at Nebraska in 2017. So again, DC means hey, probably who's calling plays is going to matter. OC Ryan Gunderson, he was the UCLA quarterback coach uh, this last year, and he was. Um, the OC for San Jose State from 2017 to 2020. DC Keith Hayward, he was the Las Vegas Raiders defensive quality control coach for a couple weeks. Um, I don't think he actually did anything yet, but then he was the DC at UNLV in 2022. He was the Cal outside linebacker coach in 2021. And 2018 to 2020, he was the co-DC at Oregon. So Ryan Gunderson uh, did not go into depth like I did on the other ones, but just kind of an idea. 2017, he was the QB coach for San Jose State, and then he got the title of OC in 2018. So he was the QB coach in OC 2018, 2019, 2020. And his points per game were 23.9. I think it's... To note, in 2017 and 2018, he was 15.8 and 21.2, respectively, and then popped up to 30.1 and 28.6. So, again, recruiting, I think, takes a little bit of time to get in when, when it's a new regime. Uh, and, again, the passing is 36.7 attempts to rushing at 30.2. Um, and, again, in those 2019-2020 seasons, those rushes per game were the lowest of the four years. And the passing was the highest in 2019. So Dufflin's going to want to throw the ball, in my opinion, uh, for Oregon State, which isn't great for Damian Martinez, but uh, I think he will get his. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to want to chuck the ball around there at Oregon State. So who do we got leaving and who do we got coming, Justice? Uh, so as you might imagine, with uh, so many changes, there's quite a bit of losses here at Oregon State. Um, just from a returning production standpoint, they rank 130th out of the offense is 130th out of 134 teams. So they lose quite a bit. Um and real quick, uh, we haven't we haven't done this yet, but shout out to Nicholas Ian Allen, um, CFB Winning Edge. I use his stuff a lot uh, when I'm preparing for the shows. Um, and if you're not a subscriber, uh, I, I certainly encourage you to do so. Uh, great information, great resource uh, for you know college football, CFF, you know whatever whatever you need there. Um, but. So they lose quarterback DJ U off to Florida State. Quarterback Aiden Childs follows Smith over to Michigan State. Running back Deshaun Fenwick out of eligibility. Wide receiver Silas Bolden is off to Texas. Wide receiver Anthony Gould out of eligibility. Tight end Jack Velling is off to Michigan State as well. They lose five of their top six pass catchers. Their top two quarterbacks and they lose four of their five starting offensive linemen. Ouch. Who's coming in? They bring in uh, quarterback Jabari Johnson coming over from Missouri, quarterback Giovanni McCoy coming over from Idaho. Uh, this guy returns, who, who he was at Oregon State previously left, um, but Jim, Jimmy S. Griffin is coming back. Uh, this time he's coming from Old Miss. Uh, running back Anthony Hankerson is coming from Colorado. 
and wide receiver Darius Clemens, who a few years ago some people were excited for, is coming over from Michigan. Um, as I mentioned, they bring in bring in the two quarterbacks, Jabari Johnson and Giovanni McCoy. Uh, ben Goldbrunson is a returning quarterback there for um, Oregon State. I believe Andrew Katz calls him Dr. Ben Goldbrunson. Um, so <laughs> he, he returns. But I gotta believe, like I gotta give the nod to Giovanni McCoy. Um, yeah, he's he's a pretty electric thrower. Yeah, last season at Idaho, he completed 226 balls on 345 attempts, a 65 and a half percent completion uh, completion, 2,882 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, eight interceptions uh, on the ground. He had. Uh, let's see, on 87 attempts, 198 yards, and two touchdowns. So, yeah, adds a little bit on the ground there. Um, while we're talking about the ground, as as uh, Luke alluded to, Damian Martinez returns, their leading rusher last year. He had 1,185 1, yards on 194 attempts and nine touchdowns. Um, Got to envision that number going up, right? With, uh, well, I say that, you know, because in, in my mind was thinking, oh, well, they're playing mostly Mountain West teams, step down in competition. But as I mentioned earlier, they're, they got to replace a lot of offensive linemen. So maybe we temper those expectations a little bit. Yep. Um, re- receivers, they're. Top returning receiver is Jimmy Valson the third. He caught 12, or I'm sorry, 11 balls on 12 targets, 154 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, after that, then you're going to look at Jeremiah Noga, um, eight receptions, 10 targets, 113 yards, and a touchdown. So, you know, I got, I got to imagine Darius Clemens is going to be a starter for them. Um, at receiver coming over from the power five. Um, maybe he'll have some fantasy value. Like I said, McCoy um, slinging around new offensive coordinator there. Um, yeah. Darius Clemens could easily be that wide receiver one for them. All right. And our last team for tonight, Washington state Cougars coaching changes. Again, my favorite. There are no changes. We look forward to what uh, Ben Arbuckle can do here in his second season in Pullman. Again, Arbuckle, I feel like, is not getting the recognition that he deserves. Uh, kind of been uh, overshadowed in that coaching tree, I believe. So, Justice, who's coming? Who's going? Uh, they lose quarterback Cam Ward off to Miami of Florida. Quarterback Emmett Brown, we mentioned earlier, is off to San Jose State. Running back Jalen Jenkins off to Texas State. Running back Nakia Watson is out of eligibility. Wide receiver Lincoln Victor is out of eligibility. Wide receiver Isaiah Hamilton is out out of eligibility. Wide receiver Orion Peters is off to Idaho. Uh, Wide receiver DT DT Sheffield, who kind of left midseason or early on in the season, is off to North Texas. And wide receiver Josh Kelly is off to Texas Tech. Yeah, DT Sheffield leaving. That was like he had a great spring game, and then just like I don't know what happened there. That'll be interesting uh, when ESPN comes out with their thirty for thirty uh, DT Sheffield uh, here in a couple of years. Uh, who are they bringing in? Wide receiver Kyle Maxwell, Louisiana Tech. Wide receiver Trey Shackelford coming from over from Austin P. And wide receiver Chris Hudson from Oregon. Uh, they do have returning quarterback John Matier, who did get some action last year as a, uh, I believe he's a redshirt freshman. Um, he was 13 for 17, 225 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception uh, last season with a completion percentage of 76 and a half. Um, look for him to take over that starting role. They There was a freshman quarterback last was, year. Oh quarterback and I can't remember his name um he didn't get any playing time last year but to the best of my knowledge he also returns um but John Mateer for for he's he's the man in terms of quarterback there for Washington State <clears throat> running backs uh Dylan Payne is their leading returning rusher 
uh, with 160 yards, one touchdown. They also return Javinci Schellenbacher, uh, who had 146 yards, no touchdowns last year. Oh, let's see. Receivers, um, Kyle Williams returns. He had 85 targets. Uh, I'm sorry, 85 targets, 61 catches, 842 yards, and six touchdowns. And uh, true freshman last year, Carlos Hernandez returns. 24 uh, catches on 32 targets, 258 yards. And then, you know, the transfer in, uh, Trey Shackelford as a true freshman last year at Austin P had 793 yards, 51 catches, and six touchdowns. And Kyle Maxwell for Louisiana Tech, he had 20 catches on 39 targets, 363 yards, and two touchdowns. Um you want the in this offense is the inside receivers. Carlos Hernandez could be one of those inside receivers. Um, I haven't looked. I, I need to look, kind of do some digging to see what Shackleford and Maxwell play. Um, I believe Kyle Williams is primarily an outside receiver. Um, but you know, so her, her, Hernandez kind of it's kind of weird. He kind of split. At one point, he was like in early on, he was playing outside. Then, like, in the middle of the year, he played some slot. And then and towards the end of the year, he's kind of back to playing outside. So not really sure where they're going to use Hernandez. Um, like I said, I'm not sure where Shackleford or Maxwell uh, lined up last season for for their respective teams. But definitely something to pay attention to. And, and, you know, especially in the spring, kind of see who's emerging at those inside receiver roles. Um, offensive line. They lose one of their starters from last year, so nothing, you know, nothing too concerning there from offensive line perspective. All right, well, that wraps it up for our Mountain West Conference. Took us two two go rounds to get everybody done, and I have a feeling the Sun Belt might be similar to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably plan the same for the Sun Belt. Split them in half and uh, do do one half uh, next week, and then the following week with the other half. So. Absolutely. All right, so that's what we got coming up here for the next two weeks, Sunbelt, coaching changes, transfers in and out of, of what we can find, and then whatever news and notes pop up um, as as things come out. So yeah, thank thanks, you. For, thank you. Know, you. Go ahead. I was going to say thank you, thanks, everyone, for the support. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and for, I guess, another month and a half, Google Podcasts um or youtube uh you know please subscribe on youtube uh like like our videos um if you have any feedback give please send us a dm um love to hear from you guys anything you want to hear you want us to cover uh let us know and that if you need to reach reach us uh, you can find us at g5 hive on x i am at probasco luke and justice where can we find you? At, at justice underscore 2318. All right. Thanks. Yeah, go. Hot, go. Hot, go. Hot, go. Hot, go.